Hello, welcome back to Verse the Podcast. My name is Toby Daniels, also known as Magnifico, the Superman with slim muscles and no cape, the guy with the right dimples in the right places, the captain of all superheroes. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am fired up by the Holy Ghost, yo, and I'm back with the episode. And this one is episode five, another sequel to The Road to Damascus. We might be on this for a little while, sharing The Road to Damascus stories, because... I really believe this is an important part of our Christian journey. We all need to come to a place of realization where we depend on God for essence, where we depend on God for life, where we depend on God for our moral standing, right? And um, this particular episode is a beautifully um, and intricately woven story that you need to listen to. It's very long. It's about one hour, 25 minutes, including my intro. (laughs) But anyways, I'm just going to dive right into it. Let's get it, guys. Today I'm not alone. I have a guest on this podcast, and uh, I'm just going to allow her to introduce herself. Really, please tell us about yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Hi guys, I am Chiwendo Queenet Wangwa. Sorry, don't mind me. I like to say my full government name because it's very easy for people to misidentify you. Aha. Uh, I'm a content creator, spoken word artist, uh, talent manager, paralegal. I basically do a lot of stuff, generally. Yeah, I'm an all-round phone babe. Yep. And I'm a Christian. Chiwende is the plug. <laughs> like, she's the person to know. Um, I, I think she forgot to mention she, she's also into artist management. Managing actors, spoken word poets, creatives as a whole. Yeah, but for now, I manage two artists. So, yeah. That's really good. So, I was going to ask you about um, one of my episodes, if you've listened to it, but then I'm not sure that you have. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay that you have not listened to it, so it doesn't influence anything you're about to say. But um, the topic we're going to be dealing with is the road to Damascus. Right. And I know that is quite a popular topic that people have spoke about several times. I want us to speak about it in a way that is very, very particular to you as a person. Mm-hmm. I've had my own road to Damascus experience where I was a lot like Paul, actually. Well, let's say I was like Saul. Yeah. Um, I was very religious, very judgmental, had some some really, really um, serious ideologies that I thought needed to be adhered to, you know. And if you were not in line with me, you were basically blasphemous, heretical, and I didn't want to be associated with with you. And it felt like I was a defender of the faith, in quotes, you know. (laughs) And it's amazing to know that. I mean, in hindsight now, I see that, man, I was on the wrong path, actually, because I didn't have an accurate representation of who Christ was, or who Christ is, rather, and after a personal encounter with God, it changed the trajectory of my whole life, right? And that was what led to me um, talking about the road to Damascus. So if I were to ask you, how would you describe your life before you met Christ? Huh. Let's see. 
uh, my life was really just there to be honest and i would like to first start by saying i have had many roads to damascus um it's not been one journey most times we think okay it's one straightforward journey of oh wow i met christ today um and i never strayed i've never had to go and come back or i've never had to have another damascus experience again and there are people like that there are people who have just had to have what they term a minor corrections here and there and i'm really happy for you if you are there i know a lot of people like that in my life for oh, god has been good to you amen <laughs> but for me it's been multiple things and i think it's because i've always had doubts mm. I've always had doubts since I was a child, since I was five, because I experienced something within the church setting that I should not have experienced. I experienced church politics. I experienced people not being kind. Like you're preaching kindness, you're preaching how Jesus is love, but it is not adding up to how you are acting. And for me, it was like, maybe this this Jesus does not really exist. And then when I went through childhood sexual abuse and I would pray to God to save me, then the person who was sexually abusing me would wake up in the morning and pray in tongues at the top of his voice and wake everybody up to come out for morning devotion. It felt like, okay, uh, maybe this God is not real because you cannot save me. Mm. But this one is praying in tongues to you and nothing has happened to you. Like, half a God, you never strike, I'm dead. So I, I had my doubts. And then I went through that whole process and my mom changed schools for me. Mm. My best friend moved to a Christian school. And I started acting out in the school I was at. I was basically being a rascal. The kind of rascal that I will beat you till you bleed or till you faint. So before you go on, um, I just want to make something clear. If I understand you correctly, the doubts you had at the beginning was basically because of people who are hypocritical like me and judgmental or probably messed up like me who are still in the church setting who, yes. who failed to like represent Christ. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was image bearers not seeing me as an, not seeing me and treating me as an image bearer like them. Mm. And so I started acting out and well, I had to, I, because I actually wanted to go to the school that my best friend was in. I wanted to have the boarding experience because she made it seem like this great experience. And so I acted out that my mom finally changed me to that school it was a christian school and i still went there and experienced hypocrisy experienced the same thing of image bearers treating me like i was worthless because my father was not a pastor like most of them i did not grow up in the kind of churches i grew up in a church that was not pentecostal or protestant it was kind of protestant but it was not their kind of protestant i mean um an experience that stood out was in my first week in school so every um break time there was break time for prayer and break time for lunch so my first week in school they insisted that my my they put my name on the roster and insisted that i had to lead um was a 
praise and worship that day and I was coming from a church that we didn't know what praise and worship was. We didn't used to clap. We didn't used to dance or any of those things. So I started singing the only song that I knew apart from hymns because I grew up on hymns. So I started singing, Wordy, you are worthy. And they start laughing. And I really felt embarrassed. And they laughed throughout. And it felt like, okay, I'm not Christian enough for you people and that was something that followed me throughout my time in that school mm. but what's interesting is it was in that school that i found christ i guess what happens is even in the midst of their hypocrisy there's constant preaching of the word in the morning you're required that's during morning prayer we do not have morning devotions of um just pray and go our morning devotions was one full hour where Someone would actually preach the word. We would do praise and worship. We preach the word. Um, there were midweek services and full Bible study sessions. It was a Christian school now owned by a church. There was Saturdays, um, Sunday worship and everything with full preaching. You know, you're in Sunday worship and you're seeing them lay hands on people. You're seeing things happen there was every night you would pray at night and sometimes it would enter full videos with people praying in tongues and everything mm. so i was constantly exposed to these things even in the midst of the hypocrisy and i had seen things happen in front of me and so one day during prep i was gossiping about somebody yeah. that had pissed me off <coughs> sorry excuse me i was gossiping about somebody that had pissed me off a <clears throat> I was gossiping with a. I was in SS2. I was gossiping with an SS1 student who was my friend about another SS2 student. And then she goes, um, I'm not no longer about that life where I want to focus on Jesus. Mm. And I'm like, sure. What's this one? And I ignore her. I face my books. Because I was even the most senior student on that table. I was like, it's me that insulted myself. I should have minded my business. You that I'll just punish now. <laughs> Let me face my front and just read my book. And while I was reading my book, I just started feeling uncomfortable in my spirit. There was this discomfort. I started feeling like I needed to pray. I had no reason to want to pray. Yeah. In my head... Is this God that they are using to... Is, is it not because of this God that they have been treating me badly? What's my business? I only pray during morning prayer, during all those prayers. And most times my mouth was short. People would be leading prayer. I will just sing along with them and mind my business. So I was like, why am I praying? But there was this constant discomfort. So I called a junior student who was known as... Um, Mommy Gio. She was in just three them mm. she ruth her name is ruth O'Kim. she used to pray and everything well for those of you who don't know what um that implies when people call you mommy geo it means you're very spiritual or likely to be spiritual yeah yeah she was very spiritual she used to spiritualize everything then so i called her to talk to her and it was basically eh, yeah jesus saves mm that's all mm. and she left me i did not realize that jesus did not want it to be that it was somebody that talked to me and i experienced jesus jesus wanted to meet me personally 
so i was i was unable to read or concentrate throughout prep yeah till prep ended then i went inside the room other people were walking around cleaning doing going about their business and everything i was the most senior student in my room by then so i went into the room and i found myself on my knees just crying and i had a very physical encounter with god mm. like it was before you go deep into it so that means um i mean gleaning from your story now that means even while um people were misrepresenting christ to you mm-hmm. there was actually a yearning for christ within you yes although you were angry at the misrepresentation you were actually looking for christ yes because i think that many of us actually sometimes we might not know what we're looking for we might not even identify that it is christ we're looking mm-hmm. for but we're actively looking for something yes you know yeah i just wanted to mention that fact you know when you receive christ and i hear people say they, they gave their life to christ in church mm-hmm. and everything and they you know had maybe they didn't have any goosebumps and it was just there like i could feel um, I, I i could feel i had an experience that involved all my senses i heard god i heard god say you will serve me in this life i i can't even make sense of the things i saw i've actually felt i felt it on my skin you know when you feel warmth you feel warmth and it's not an uncomfortable warmth it's a warmth that says i am here and I just I broke down and I cried. And this is me that in high school, <laughs> oh god, Daniel's high school people knew me as hard guy. I was I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I was a very stubborn person. So for me to actually break down and cry on my own, nobody beat me, nobody shouted on me. I was having an experience, and I I received Christ. I I, I wanted to I gave my life to Christ, but then. Um, I realized then I thought I was giving my life to Christ, yeah. but now in retrospect, I realized I was receiving a life. I was receiving Christ. I was receiving the life of Christ. Mm. And then from there, I started keeping a journal. I didn't know how to pray then. Mm. So every morning I'll wake up and I'll go, dear God, how are you today? And I will write about everything my nights how i wanted the day to go the things i'm worried about that day in the evening i'll come back and i'll tell god about my day my journal sometimes in the day if i feel troubled i would write and talk to god and i actually felt like he could hear me Mm. i felt like i was actually writing letters to somebody who could read them who was seeing them and who was pleased with them but um i still had issues in school most of them were usually of a sexual nature and it was not that i was having sex somebody lied against me my second week in school when i came in in ss1 third term and um i was labeled a, a seductress i was labeled possessed with a demon of promiscuity so every time and then during one of those counseling sessions 
okay so i was labeled a seductress yes then through that i got into counseling in school and then i talked about the child with sexual abuse mm. and it now turned to that i was possessed with the demon of promiscuity and it got worse when they found out that okay oh, my father had three wives it was now it runs in the family Wow. So basically, the community that was supposed to be um, a safe space for you used what they knew about you against you. Yes. So every time from then, so even as I received Christ, there was still judgment. Every time I was seen with a boy, it was that I am seducing the boy. Hmm. It was always that I have um, gone to do this or that. When a friend's brother, so there was this time, you know, they were a friend's brother actually kidnapped me because I was 15. This was SS2 going to SS3. I had just encountered Christ, gone for the youth camp of the church that owned the school. You know, I was trying to learn more about God and everything. And then he kidnapped me for three days. Basically, was raping me all through Sha. And when I got home, he, he released me and found out that my mother had involved the police and they were looking for me. And then when I got home, I didn't tell anybody initially because I actually felt so much shame. I felt like maybe there was something, you, you know, that feeling of, oh, only you as a child, you were sexually abused. Now your friend's brother also kidnapped you and did the same thing. Maybe there's something wrong with yeah. you that is attracting this. So I didn't tell. Did even make you open up about the situation to anyone? Yes. So I kept quiet. And only for me to go to school, resume school, and then junior students are gone. I resumed first term as senior school prefects and then junior students are coming to ask me is it true that you traveled out of Calabar to go and be with a man and then they were saying it was spread by the body house mistress I'm like this woman who is always leading prayer leading people in Christ and everything she has not asked me she had never asked me what happened to you how did she even know to start with because my mom looks for me all the way to school when she was looking for me so the school found out about it and she, she had not asked me and so when i told my best friend this what happened this is what your brother did my best friend went and told her that i traveled to go and have sex with her brother that's how my best friend put it and then my best friend stopped talking to me wow and from there another deliverance session started and everything so these things did not encourage my faith in any way because i'm trying to get closer to god i'm trying to walk you know be at peace with all men be kind to people and everywhere there was antagonism and this is christian space where i'm supposed to be growing so why funny thing is i still stayed with god i was still writing those letters to god and everything um created something with my friend with some students called joshua's generation which the school disbanded because they said we were becoming extremists because we're always fasting we're always praying you know it was, it was kind of a fire and brimstone kind of faith for teenagers and they said we're becoming extremists now in retrospect i can kind of see it because we're talking about writing letters to other teenagers you know our leader said, you know how Paul wrote letters? So he writes, I, <laughs> an apostle sent by God <laughs> to you. You know, that kind of thing. And I was preparing for work. And now, in the same Christian school, they told us we're writing work and teachers were contributing to the examination of my practice. And they'll come in, 
sort the invigilator, take the exam paper outside, answer the questions, uh, photocopy it to reach the number of people in the in the hall and come and share. And every time a teacher brought to my table and I said no, I will not partake in it. It now became an issue. I had some I had the then vice president come vice principal committee's office and say uh, start asking me what I know about the whole examination my practice thing because he was a physics teacher. He knew I saw him do it. He saw me say I was not going to be part of it and he wanted to know what I knew and if I was going to report. Mm. And I said I was not going to do examination my practice, not because it was not sweeting me to pass, not because I even have that good morals on my own. If it was tuned off before when I had not met Christ, I would quickly collect it, even though I had read. I, I had finished my whole physics and chemistry textbooks by SS2. I had good results in um, the external, not busy external GCE the one that you write outside, not the WIAC and all that, because my school, you had to write the external GC before you write WIAC and everything. But I chose not to do it because I had Jesus. So even in the midst of all this adversity, that one experience, that one encounter was enough for me to just, to stay. To hold on to. To hold on to. I mean, I was fasting then. I used to go seven days straight. I'll just be drinking water. Wow. As a teenager. Now I cannot try it. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I can't, I'm not going to try it. And so I, when I, I graduated and I left and then I had a phase where I was just there. Ran into the wrong crowd again and everything. And then... I got involved with my teenage ministry. It's an interdenominational teenage ministry. And my faith got revived again. So it was not, that was one experience where I didn't have a come back to faith thing. I just encountered, someone introduced me to mine and my faith got revived again. And I was actually steadfast. So from 16 to um, 18, I was. I was steadfast. I was head of media and publicity there. I was leading other teenagers to Christ. I'm talking laying hands, praying for the sick. It was so bad that I had issues with my mother because of my teenage ministry. My mom was like, you're always going to church. Um, You're always going for mine events. All your money, all your time. You don't even have friends. You're barely home. Then I was in Unica. It's from school to mine you don't want to do it you don't want to be at home you don't want to be around your family the issue was i was still going through um, the struggles of the childhood sexual abuse i mean my abuser was still living in the same house so home was not exactly home for me and this place where i had found i had found jesus i found some every time i was with this group of teenagers i was happy i was at peace every time we did outreaches every time we spoke to somebody new every time i had unit meetings we used to have um late night prayers midnight prayers where we would sometimes we'll go and say okay we want to pray today and next thing while praying somebody just somebody's spirit picks up a syllable Maybe it's, oh, 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 and that's what we are doing all through. Praying in tongues and singing that, and things are happening. Mm. 
so my my teenage years built my faith <laughs> still about <laughs> my mom's issues with my teenage ministry. I think I should mention this. One day, my mom was so upset that she called the then leader of my teenage ministry, Calabar Branch. I grew up in Calabar and told her that she was going to call me police to arrest all of them. Wow. <laughs> that she does not know what they've done to her daughter. Now, hold on to this because I will come back to this with a testimony about my mom. Mm. And then when I turned 18, I started getting disillusioned. Um, I wanted to leave Nigeria so bad. Don't, don't we all want to leave Nigeria so bad? <laughs> no, like I even actually wanted to leave Nigeria so bad. I wanted to leave Unical so bad. The issues with my family were escalating. I felt really unloved. And then at a point, because of that, I started noticing the human flaws in the leaders and my teenage ministry and i started picking on them in my heart i did not say it out but i started picking on them in my heart and then um there was a boy but you doing that is as a result of the pain you were feeling inside yes and then there was a boy in my teenage ministry he was a leader too and uh, we kind of got entangled, we kissed and everything and all. But that was it. And then we said, okay, this has to stop. Teenagers have feelings. I was at a very vulnerable... Raging feelings, Yes, by the way. and then I was at a very vulnerable place. Mm. At this point, my issues with my family had escalated so bad that I was no longer staying with my family. Mm. I was staying at the main fam- family house. And then this guy would stay... He was... So he spent his time between his house and his family house. By now, I dropped out of Unical. I still feel like, did I make a wrong choice and everything? Um, money had no... I wanted to go to a particular school in Ghana. And my elder brother was already in Ghana. My mother was sourcing dollars for that. And it was like, there was no dollars. There was no money for me and everything. So I was at a very vulnerable place. And then, so stuff with the guy happened, and then we said, okay, we need to stop this. We told other leaders, like, that we're our friends, this is what happened. One particular leadership, and we prayed about it and moved on. This leader is supposed to be a confidant, right? Yes. Months later, we had conference, and okay, first, they are bashing me and the particular leader that I told. But they're bashing us that we used to hug each other whenever the leader came back. And they were saying it was something amorous. But we are like, he, he's literally my brother. Like, he was my brother. He said the same way he comes home and hugs his sister and gives her a peck. His sister was also a leader. It's the same way he comes home to the family house and hugs me and gives me a peck. That is nothing. Because we spent a lot of time together and everything. And while they were still trashing it out, one the young man that brought up the issue at this it was actually another leader's mom's burial that went for that this issue started the young man that brought up the issue was now mentioning me and the person that i had something with yeah was now mentioning the issue i'm like with what how so we come back to calabar and i start chasing how and i found out that it's actually the young man that i had stuff with that went to open his mouth Apparently he was he was sleeping, something happened or so. 
sleep talking or something anyhow and then they later asked him and he said he thought it was me that was beside him and then he now went to open his mouth to this young man a young man who had a reputation for not keeping his mouth shut And so I got angry with him and I was shouting on him and somebody else who had just left, someone else who was struggling with her faith and had stopped being a leader but was still staying in the family house because she was also having issues with her family because she had left the faith actually or because she was struggling with her faith, went to go and tell another leader based on, oh, so this is what people are doing in this place. But the way she put it was that we had sex. This leader now came to ask me if I told her anything. And I said, I'm not telling anybody anything like that. Next thing, I'm in the family house. We are planning for an event and another leader comes in. So you see how the story is traveling and starts shouting from the gate. Children, I'm so disappointed in you. There were leaders and workers in the house. And she was shouting from the gate. So one of our main leaders, Auntie Florence, Auntie Florence called her and said, why are you shouting like this? And then she tells Florence what she heard. And Florence calls me and I get a berating and a talking to. And um, Auntie Queen came in, heard it and goes, she went, we need to talk. I said, okay. And then she goes, better still, I'm going to report you to your mother. And that thing did something in my head because for me at that point i was vulnerable i was having issues with my mother so what registered in my head was you are trying to use somebody that you know i have issues with Mm. to blackmail me it was years later when i spoke with her that i realized she did not even realize it that way Mm. it was from a place of love Mm. but i was angry and i told her yeah take phone now call my mother because everything I had carried in my heart burst forth. Normally, I don't talk back. And from then, I became a very competitive person there. I started drawing back from work. I started mixing with the wrong crowd again. And by the time I turned 18, after our last event, which I handled a lot of stuff during that event, and I was very tired. And when it was time to give vote of thanks, Auntie Queen did not mention my department. Wow, that's a huge blow. Yes. And I thought it was deliberate because we had already had an issue earlier in the planning. I mean, what were you supposed to think anyways? And I was so hurt. Now, years later, I mean this year, Auntie Queen and I actually had a conversation. And I realized she was going through her own issues then. None of it was deliberate. It was actually from a place of love. This woman actually told me I was her right-hand woman. And at that point, I was so... And then she pointed out things that actually showed me that I was actually a favorite. Mm. But at that point, I was so clouded by what was going on that I could not see it. And this is one thing the devil would do. Would make your situations and every... Would magnify every little flaw, every little problem. So it seems like... It seems like there's no good anywhere. So things that were actually done out of love, you become this person who instead of attributing to ignorance or omission, genuine omission, you start attributing everything to malice. Mm. 
Mm. So I was so upset and I said, in my head, I said, okay, this is the last event I'm doing with you people. After now, I'm resigning from being a leader. I'll just go and sit down and be a regular member. Better still, I'll not come around again. That was April 26th, four days to my um, 18th birthday. And then on my 18th birthday, I bought cake. Instead of going, I went to my mother's house. Then on my way back to the family house, I bought cake. I didn't share. Now, this is what hurt me. I bought that cake and we're cutting the cake and everybody was praying for me. And all they were praying was, let us stop throwing childish tantrums. The truth was, the things I was angry about were actually valid things. But maybe my approach was not... Right, because I was an angry person at this point. Or maybe they didn't understand why you were acting that way. Yes. There's also that. Actually, they did not understand why. There's also that. For a lot of them, they thought, oh, everything is good. She just has issues with her family. Mm. And so, what went through my head was, I do not share cake with my family or share my bed with my family. I came to spend time with you. And then there was a tradition of where they used to actually bake cake for other leaders. But nobody made cake for me. I had to use my own money to buy cake. So there was all of that. You know, those little things you're picking on. Instead of realizing that we had just finished a program. All my teenage ministry programs, we feed people. It's come, be fed spiritually, have your mind fed. Also, you cannot come and go hungry. Yeah. And these are conferences where we have 500 to 1,000 people. So money had just gone into that. But my mind at that time could not reason that. Why would you be expecting them to bake cake for you when everybody's pockets is dry? Mm. I could not see past that. And then that the fact that all their wishes was I stopped doing childish tantrums. So the next day, May 1st, I packed my bags and went home to my mother. And that was how I left my teenage ministry. At first, it was, oh, I'm just leaving my teenage ministry. Next, I realized, oh, you don't have friends apart from mine people. So I started making friends, attending the party scene. Next thing, drugs, weed, alcohol got into the mix, sex. Next thing, I said, you know what? I'm too filthy. I'm, I'm, this first was I'm too filthy to do this church thing. Hmm. Next it was, boy, they even work. Especially because my mom, after I got admission, I finally got admission to the school, and my mom had to take a loan to add for me to relocate because dollars, housing, and everything. In my mind, I was like, this God is not real because my mother had to take loan. I could not reason that there are a lot of people that are trying to get this loan and we got it easily. Yeah. It was that my mother had to, and this is not loan from an individual. It's loan from a bank. An individual got loan from a bank without collateral, without bringing company. And <laughs> I did not reason it like that. In my head, this God is not working since my mother had to take loan. And that's how I started identifying as atheist. Mm. For most of my university years, I identified as atheist. I had an off and on, come back to faith a few months, go back to atheism. And the truth was, it was not that when I came back to faith, I did not fully come back to faith. It was just, I had guilt 
trailing me the things that i had internalized through atheism had lodged deep inside my heart so because i had not really dealt with those things that those things that lodged in my spirit it was always easy for me to go back there was always an anchor where i could go back to and just run back to things i had and here's the funny thing all the times i had gone back to faith i had never gone back because things were hard mm. i left when things were hard i only, i only came back when things were good I'm saying this because people keep saying that Christians stay because things are hard and they are looking for help. There's no other hope. Mm. I turn to atheism or African spirituality. All the I, I did the whole Orisha, the whole Amadion Haikwens to all that stuff when things were hard. Would you say that it was, I mean, turning to all of those things, turning to sex, turning to drugs, um, spiritualism, and all that, all that dark stuff, would you say that it was a sort of like coping mechanism for you? Yes, it was a coping mechanism for me because there were things that that first descent into atheism had lodged in me yeah. that had not been taken out. Had not been dealt with. Yes. So that was me all through university. And. God consistently showed me his goodness throughout university. God kept snatching me from the fire. God kept making provisions. God kept doing miracles that, you know, see, there are miracles that coincidence can explain. Mm. God kept doing miracles that were clear, but God... I say that one big dis- definition of my life since I was born is but God. Mm. Like, <laughs> it's like, but God keeps snatching you out yeah. consistently. This God has a consistency of showing me goodness. Even when I was, I was atheist, I did not believe, I would, I would, I would see God do a miracle in front of me. Yeah. I would know I cannot explain it. I would go and start looking for a way to explain it. I would get bored with it and just move on with my life. It was like God was overriding your realities, basically. See, and it brings me back to what God said to me when I was 15. First time I had an encounter with him. He said, you see you, you will save me. Fast forward to out of university... I was dating someone and he was a Christian boy. So after a lot of fight about my atheism and everything, I started going to church. We dedicated my life to Christ, was steady going to church and everything. And then we started having issues. And um, he was another image bearer that did not reflect Christ and did not treat me like an image bearer. And so the descent started again and I just left. All through 2019, this was 2018, 2019. All through 2019, I do not have time for God though. When I had a very, a near fatal accident, somebody else died in that accident. And when I got home, someone at home said he was dreaming and in his dream 
he saw me have an accident and my head was opened and I was bleeding out and he was telling me stay awake stay alive stay alive and I stepped in and tapped him all bloodied from an accident Mm. and the woman who died what he described was the woman who died but she died on the spot I did not come home and say God thank you I was so afraid to sleep that night I was afraid I was going to die but I made peace with death I was like if death come let it come I did not say God I'm giving my life to you or anything when I went on Facebook I said to the God of death I said not today my birthday is coming in seven days. Cruise. I'm thankful. I went to Facebook to catch Cruz, but that same day the accident happened. Mm. Like 2019, God knew I did not have his time. I th- like I actually told God, and it was not even just guys. All the deities, all the spirituality, everything. I don't have people's time. This 2019, I'm chasing money. I mean, our money was coming left, right, center. I was good. October, something started happening in my heart again. Mm. That usual discomfort. That usual discomfort. Constant nudging. Mm. Now I've I've come to term it as the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart like Yeah. And this is I the, the way I see it, I say the Holy Spirit come and knock. Afa. You don't finish. You don't get sense. Can we now continue our business? And <laughs> that i felt that nudging all through october and then i went to pop central one of those days and met this guy who was talking about the elevation church Mm. and god and a poem called i don't have church clothes and everything like i don't look like a stereotypical church person and he sent it to me i had just met this guy for the first time now this person is not a model image bearer too has whole struggles and everything but that served as a moment for the holy spirit to actually talk to me but i still just ignored i knew the holy spirit was speaking truth is i always know when the yeah. holy spirit is speaking even when i've gone other places i recognize the yeah. voice and i kept ignoring and then the Holy Spirit nudged me, nudged me, nudged me. Till one day, the nudge was so strong, and I just stopped and did about one. Had a conversation with the Holy Spirit, prayed, and did about one. And then the Holy Spirit said it was time for me to find fellowship. Mm. You, that you cannot drive outside. You cannot thrive in isolation. Yeah. And that was the problem. All those times when I kept coming back, going, coming back, going, I was not going to church. I was not because a lot of churches in Ghana are doing service in tree. Okay. I speak English, man. <laughs> and I had not found a place where my heart actually felt at home. And this time around was that the Holy Spirit said, don't worry, I'll lead you. And that's how I ended up at the tribe Lagos. Yeah. And that's how I met Toby. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot of amazing people that have been 
accountability system for me mm-hmm. and it was there that god started dealing with the faulty ideas of god mm-hmm. i had yeah before you go into that let me just quickly say that i met chuindu in december 2019 we had uh, this prayer run in church and where we met after the service after the video right yes. i think it was a video right yes it was a video and um for the first time i just met this lady for the first time and we were talking and this this stuff she was saying i'm like why is she telling me her life story you know i was like why in god's name will you meet somebody for the first time and then you are giving the person downloads about yourself and at first it seemed weird to me but i've come to realize that sometimes when god brings uh, certain people our way god begins to nudge us to do certain things that we might not even be able to explain yes and i realized that god was actually nudging you to be vulnerable and open up to people yes right the holy spirit kept bring kept highlighting you in my mind for the longest time mm-hmm. and i was in silent prayers for you and somehow here we are talking <laughs> here we are talking i used to shy away from um responsibilities or when i mean responsibilities i mean i used to shy away from looking after other people yeah because i felt like i have to look after myself first mm-hmm. i have flaws that i'm dealing with mm-hmm. i have my own problems i'm trying to you know overcome and all of that but i realized the holy spirit made me learn that you know he would begin to highlight people that i actually have to help and testimony helping other people has been helping me also it's been an amazing story so far mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. i do not for one moment think that anything you've said so far is um irrelevant i think they're all very very relevant to to this journey my second damascus story yeah i want us to touch on um the I, th- I, w- I don't want to say the last encounter, but it's like the recent encounter yes. and how it's changed the trajectory of your life so far up to this point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is the second Damascus story, second right? Damascus yeah. Story. <sighs> 2020 started. We entered the lockdown. <laughs> you think that when you are in isolation, eh? It's easy to avoid sin. Mm. You're not seeing anybody, nobody's seeing you. You day your day. You have work. A lot of people did not have work, but I had work. And the office I work for had a lot of work this period mm. because um it's American people were trying to ensure their visas uh entertainers were trying to ensure their visas were solid because Trump and you know America how it's yeah. going right now. And so I had a lot of work. But in the midst of that, see this devil is a bad devil. <laughs> Sin still had a way of hooking my neck like tie. Say come here. And first it was just it was the little things. It was the little doubts. Um so when I when I became a theist at 18, I also became an LGBT activist. I identified something in myself then I didn't you know when you have no frame of reference for something then you encounter it and you say oh wow so this attraction to women is something so I started to identify as bisexual then 
and I was a queer activist and I mean I wrote essays on how there's nothing wrong with being queer I wrote essays about even disproving biblical teachings about being queer now I didn't realize this had lodged in my spirit Second thing that had lodged in my spirit that I did not realize was that while on a head level, I used to say, I would be able to say, Jesus is God. Jesus is the only way. Something had lodged in my spirit from that time that there were other ways to God. Mm. So during this lockdown period, social media now, a lot of people are being open about queerness and everything. I started pushing this whole idea that it is first to start with okay to be a queer Christian. You can be Christian and you are queer. Now, yes, you can be Christian and queer because it's just sexuality. But do you have to act on it? That's one. Also, um, sex was meant for purpose. And that's why heterosexuality exists. Heterosexuality does not just exist in a void. It exists, exists for purpose. The actual way sex was intended to be, for, be by God exists for a purpose. But for me, I was like, I, even, I had an interview where I said, well, that purpose has been fulfilled. The world is overpopulated and everything. And the other purpose of companionship, you can always get companionships from friends if you're called to a life of singleness. So why do you think that you have to be, you know, in heterosexual? Like, <laughs> I've studied the Bible chapter for chapter several times in my life so it was easy for me to take the scripture and turn it and turn it because i understand the scripture i actually i realized that i had an understanding of scripture more than most a lot of christians who actually use those scriptures so it was easy for me to say because it did not say this because there were these omissions Mm. this is how you can interpret it and <laughs> from say from there once my heart had made allowance for a gospel that did not say constantly look at Jesus till you are transformed he will give you your own conviction mm. right and he will transform you once i had made allowance for the fact that oh there's no need in my head there was no longer need for transformation mm-hmm. it was easy for me to move on the way they the way it works to jump from that to there are many ways to god you know it is one god that we are serving whether you call it the universe energy or allah or something there are many ways to god and next thing this woman here started doing spiritism i'm talking spells and i pushed the whole idea of spells are the same thing as prayers you just they are just differently you know i said i started mixing with people that under that believed these things i mean the the principle of hoodoo uses psalms to do cast spells mm. so i was like it's the same thing i i started talking crystals full moon all that both equipment Brethren, I will tell you this for free. Just see, following Jesus is one of the cheapest things you see. It's one of the most cost-effective things you. I know how much I spent. Did you hear that? Like 
<coughs> you don't have to pay any price, really. Jesus will save you money. Actually. Jesus will also save you time. Mostly. Jesus will save you time. Because that time that you wake up in the middle of the night, like you quickly, you quickly is a wee wee. <laughs> it's all that time that you wake up like a quick queen in the middle of the night and you're waiting for a new moon hmm. want to catch I woke up by 4 5 a.m. I was anxious that I don't want to I, I could not the, the Bible says the Lord gives sleep to his beloved I could not sleep in peace because I was trying to make sure I catch the full moon so I can cast spell and I made sure I placed my crystals by the window so you can charge I was kind of suffering is this mm. when you have direct access to Jesus all you have to do is pray sleep in peace the Lord gives sleep to his beloved you don't have to put crystal away for one full moon you can be on your toilet seat and be talking to God anytime. You don't have to cast spells to manipulate anybody's intention or start doing the universe will give you money. When you actually understand that God has given you the power to create wealth mm. and that you have the Holy Spirit and you have mm. the mind of Christ. Mm. Snap finger. So, there was that slippery slope. From there, I was full-blown, no longer Christian. But I was a she- No, I was actually Christian in my head. I was a Christian witch. I was talking about witchcraft, witchery. What is that? There's actually a following right now for Christian witchery. Don't worry. What? <laughs> Calm down. Things are happening. Bros, it be things. Things they happen. Wow. And that happened. And um, I even got into a queer relationship. And funny thing, that <laughs> this devil is a bad devil. Because... All through my years of atheism, while I was attracted to women and everything, I had never been in a queer relationship. Mm-hmm. It was now that I had rediscovered God, and that devil said, "You see this thing." I, I, did, I the devil was like, "I know what you like. I'm bringing it." And then I said, "I was avoiding church." Mm-hmm. I mean, services were online. I was not attending online service. Secuto, morning prayers, though, I was not attending. Because I could not bring myself to... I was like, mm. I, I, would, I would light my incense now and do my do my morning meditation. Mm. I, was, I was doing guided meditation that will tell you to leave your body, travel into the village your ancestors what am i feeling my ancestors for need to be alone about there was a time i was meddling with astral projection too like what are what are you what are you projecting Ah, thank god for jesus thank god for jesus and i still having strange dreams i'll be seeing cats in my dream coming to visit me while i love cats i knew that was not normal yeah i like to sleep with my i like to live in my house with my windows i like lights coming in i like to live in my house with my windows open without curtains even at night but i stayed being afraid fear entered my spirit mm. i had to put my curtains back i started feeling watched mm. because i had cast spells i had dabbled into things yeah and then boom one saturday i go to the mainland for a recording with my artists and the friday before i had my ear was hurting but i didn't know what it was by saturday morning i felt like i had a little boil inside my ear Mm. 
lost my overlooked it i poured alcohol into a bottle i went back to drinking and smoking mm. that period i'm not supposed to be doing any of that because of my health but these were the circles i i was running with again so i poured alcohol in my sippy cup my beautiful winnie depot sippy cup and i left the house and i'm in the cab with one of my artists and we stop over at the place we smoke I take painkillers, heavy-duty painkillers. And mind you, I'm sipping alcohol all through. Mm. We go to the session. Every time I'm with this person, we are talking astral projection. We are talking witchcraft. Actually talking witchcraft by its name, witchcraft. We are talking how to practice witchcraft by its name, witchcraft. We talked, we've talked about people that we are supposed to hex. We made a meeting to hex people. popular people but god did not allow that meeting hold one thing kept coming up or the other mm. god snatched me out of fire alone <laughs> so i <laughs> and we're talking witchcraft in the cab and we get to the place we are talking now there are christian brothers there the guys there were christian mm. But two of us were whatever we were. In my head, I was still partly Christian. No? And then... Part-time Christian. Yes, I was a part-time Christian. I was a part-time Christian, full-time witch in my head. <laughs> and then we are talking sexuality, all those things, being gay. The person I was with is a gay woman and everything. And by night, I was very sick. By the next morning, I was in so much pain. I had to go back. I planned to stay on the mainland till Monday. I was in so much pain that I had to go back to the island. And that Sunday, I'm lying down, pain in my ear. Very sure I had multiple balls by this time Mm. inside my ear. And the Holy Spirit starts nudging me. How far? Are you ready to have sense? In my head, I'm like, (laughs) man, I'm like, well, leave me alone. And the nudging kept coming all through that week. Now, get this, I'm battling sickness and nudges are coming. I carry crystal and put under my bed, under my pillow. I say, maybe this one will kill me. I did... Cross and cross and crystal. Mm. Brethren, cross and crystal don't mix. I did cross and I put crystal under my bed. I say, dear God, or whoever is out there. See, all through this period, when I, I say why I say I was part-time Christian was I will finish praying even to the whole university. And the first thing I want to come out of my house in Jesus' name, and I will swallow it back. Like, I would actually force myself to swallow it down. So when I was praying about... One night, I was so frustrated, and I got up, and I just sat up, and I was praying. And I wanted to pray to Jesus, and I swallowed it back. And the Holy Spirit was like... Afa. Afa. Then, I think it was on Wednesday, the Holy Spirit stopped. Literally stopped me in my tracks. Mm. 
like why are you why are you stressing yourself why do you like stress you keep running haven't you learned by now that every road you take away from me leads you back home to me yeah stop running you are wasting valuable years mm. see your life do you know how far you would have gone in influence and in setting things up the people that are attached to you do you know how far they have gone say look at the lives of people other people that are christians their lives are uncomplicated you keep complicating your life rest and then i just started to rest and the holy spirit said you see that relationship that particular relationship i don't know who told you that it's okay to be christian and queer and to champion is but go and end that relationship i was like eh Man, we've talked marriage and we've talked and reached marriage. We've said date though. We've picked we've picked what wedding dress I wear. We've picked wedding designer. We've picked venue. As in we've picked country that we're gonna go and do it. Um and all this busy young woman. End a relationship. As you are ending it, hear me clearly. Stay single for a while. That's the instruction. As I've given instruction. And then all of a sudden, something Auntie Queen said, used to say when we we're younger, came to my spirit. We prosper. You, do you want to remind people about Auntie Queen? Okay, Auntie Queen. Might have forgotten. Okay, so Auntie Queen is the leader of my teenage ministry. Yeah. Was the leader of my teenage ministry when I was a teenager. Um we've grown and now more they are now new leadership. There's no new leadership anyway. But something she used to say when we t- when we we're teenagers came back to my spirit we prosper by obeying instruction Mm. so i reconnected back with church attended circuit on thursday um that thursday that thursday i sent her the breakup i did the breakup proceedings Mm. I love the way you put it. Excuse me, please. And then something happened. She called. She is a practicing witch, and she called me crying. You took me for a ride. You took me for a ride, and fear entered my body. Mm. So much fear. This is one of the reasons you should not mix with sin. The spirit you have is a spirit of boldness and of sound mind, not of fear. But when you mix with sin, things that are not in line with the Holy Spirit become your reality. It's not that when you mix with sin, you automatically lose your salvation. See, Kai, you can still today. As, see, as long as you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and your Lord and Savior, for with the heart man believed unto righteousness and with the mouth confession made unto salvation, as long as you have done that, you will go to heaven. No, you will go to heaven. Get me right. But the reason they tell you not to sin is so that you enjoy your life here on earth. Actually, God is not keeping anything sweet or good from you. He's not. He's God wants to give you every good thing. When he tells you don't do this thing, it's because it will hurt you. Mm. 
because I broke up with somebody and fear filled my body. I had to call Neka. I mean, Neka and I spoke till 2 a.m. in the morning before I could sleep and be at peace. Only for me to wake up on Friday, we talk. She and I now talk over the phone. She says, okay, that she has forgiven me. I'm like, what do you have to forgive me for? I don't understand. But in my head, I didn't, I didn't say that and everything to her. And next thing, a text entered my phone. Someone that says, oh, yeah, let's just go and heal that. We'll be fine everything. A text enters my phone. Hello, sir. I'll be unable to come to work today. Blah, 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 blah. My spirit man knows that was not a mistake. She said she wanted to send it to her boss, but she sent it to me. My spirit man knows it was an emotional manipulation tactic. And fear entered my body again. Mm. Next thing, she texted me and said, I bought something for you here in Gombe yesterday. So, should I send them? And I said, send them. Then later, I said, don't worry, I'm not deserving of your gifts, I beg but there was fear in my body. The whole of Friday, I could not move. My spine froze. I felt sick. A friend had to come all the way from the mainland to bring me food mm. because I had a low blood sugar attack because of it. And from there, I got sick. Jesus healed me when I took my sickness to Jesus about the week, this Friday that just passed. So imagine, I've been sick since then, till Friday. I've taken drugs. I was vomiting. Every- it was so bad. One night, I said the hesitation. One night, I hugged my friend, blessed my friend, laid down and said the Hezekiah's prayer. Put up a WhatsApp status. God is good. Jesus is sweet. That was going to be, that in my head, that was my last WhatsApp status. Mm. I was ready to die. That's what sin, see, that's what sin does to you. It puts you in situations you had no business being in. As part of my second um, Damascus journey, the second instruction I got was to stay within accountability. Mm. And so, contacted Toby again. I was instructed to actually go to Toby. Contacted Toby and we formed a mutual accountability group. And brethren, see, fellowship with brethren is sweet. If you are not fellowshipping with brethren, please cultivate your own personal relationship with God. Though it's important though, because sometimes brethren no go day now waiting go hold you. But if you are not fellowshipping with brethren, <laughs> you are missing out. I wasn't going to mention this actually, but now that she did, <laughs> we started a um, prayer watch and um, we are three right now. Yes. There is this other person who is also a great friend of mine. Should I mention his name? <laughs> <laughs> Fido. Fido is a great guy too. And uh, Fido and I, we've had several conversations before we started. And um, the Holy Spirit was nudging me to talk to Fido also. And I. I was about to reach out to Fido when he reached out to me. You know, apparently, I was very hesitant about it at the beginning, but when both of them reached out to me, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, have your way. We're about to start this thing. And then we we began. And then the instruction is to um, pray together, not just pray together, do life together, um, share our 
vulnerable moments, our victorious moments and all that. And um, thank you for what God is doing. It's uh, relatively young, but we hope to grow bigger. People are going to be joining very soon. Yeah, yes. by God's grace. But yeah, that's just what the Holy Spirit led us to do. Uh, about doing life together. It's worthy to note that in January, God told me Toby was one of the brothers I would do life together with when it comes to ministry and reaching people Mm. and growth. I did not know how. In my head, it's like, Holy Spirit rests. Now, back to that test. So rude. (laughs) (laughs) Back to that testimony I said about my mom. Mm. Do you know who my mom calls now for prayers? You just see my mom run up call me, do midnight prayer for this. I'm like, this woman must think I stay awake to pray at night, ma. My mom listens to my advice now. My mom listens to me teach her the word. My mom calls me for prayers. My mom is steady, thankful. And my mom has realized that everything that what has held me like what I keep falling back to is the foundation from the same thing she fought against mm. so that's the testimony that the lesson there is that sometimes when God has a hold on you people will not understand they will mock you they will despise you they will fight you but in the end they will learn mm. because God will teach them yeah I mean you will be a testimony yes I mean you are a testimony I am a testimony I mean I've had two Damascus journeys and um this particular journey turned my life around because it, it dealt directly mm with the issues the whole being you cannot be not that you cannot be christian and queer but you are supposed to the issue was not even about being christian it was not about queerness it was about habits that we think we can have anger i was i had major anger issues in this life now i'm a love and light person that i don't even understand anger jealousy that you are to look at Jesus as you constantly behold Jesus, as you constantly abide, mm. you should be transformed. That yeah. was that was the lesson to be learned there. The the other part is that Jesus and Jesus and other things don't mix. Mm. When Jesus said he is the way, he did not say I am a way. He said he is the way. He was not doing. I am guessing maybe I am the way or today I'm the way tomorrow maybe I'll not be the way you should go and burn candle or you should go and do spell or you should go and do sage to cleanse your environment what what are you doing those things so need to you alone <laughs> you have Jesus it says I am the way the truth and life and life no one comes to the father except, except by me. through me so the moment God fixed that my life changed <laughs> in the fact that 
for the first time since I was a teenager, first, I led someone to Christ. I am currently discipling somebody. I have not discipled somebody since I was a teenager. And when I say teenagers, that's since I was 17. I am 24 now. That's seven years. My life changed in the fact that I am unashamed of the gospel at this point. I am steady putting it out there. I'm steady talking about Jesus. I've not created... The only content I'm creating now is content for work. The only content that is not gospel content that I'm creating is content for work. If you go to my Twitter, I'm steady... if you go to my Twitter, they probably think a pastor or church person, a, a, a church has taken over my Twitter account because I'm steady. If I'm not tweeting about God, I am retweeting other post content about God. I've been steady tweeting Pastor Feddy's content, retweeting Pastor Feddy's content because that's the only thing I can relate with mm. at this point. Something is currently happening to young people. God is raising and grounding people in him to reach a generation that has not been reached. And I see him doing it with me. And what can I say? All I can say is, ah, God, take. For the first time in a very long while, I want to pray. Mm. Like, I am itching to pray all the time. I'm itching to study. It's not it's not it's not first mm. anymore um i went on twitter and i said july 25th i went on twitter and i said oh i want to start i want to study apologetics because when you go from christian to atheist and all these other things you know you had a personal encounter mm. but sometimes when you talk with some people i had a, a personal encounter it's not the answer and I, when I saw in scripture that you should be able to defend your faith, mm-hmm. you should be able to teach, to, to ad, ad, admonish and to defend your faith. I said, okay, I need to study apologetics. And well, Ravi Zachariah's life inspired me. So yeah. I tweeted about it. I tweeted about an apologetics Bible I saw on, on Jumia. And then about a week or two later, over a week, almost two weeks later, someone came to my DMs, someone I've never met before, somebody I don't know on Twitter, came to my DMs and asked if I had gotten the apologetics Bible. I said, no, and this person gifted me <laughs> the apologetics Bible. This Bible is 20K. <laughs> this Bible is 20K, yo. I cried. I cried because it was proof to me that God was it's god that's taking me on this journey like it's not me that's taking myself on this journey Mm. for the first time in years i am hearing god clearly yesterday the bible we we have a bible study plan that we are going through in the watch i had not i did not study the bible study plan for yesterday yesterday was this morning i studied it together with the one for this morning but something happened yesterday when we're talking i talked about how i was led to talk about joy joy and this morning the holy spirit kept nudging me all through yesterday to talk about it that's why i said i got there was no way our talk was going to end yesterday without me talking about joy and then this morning i opened 
the devotion and i realized what yesterday morning was talking about was joy was rejoicing in the lord and i was like ah holy spirit and he brought he actually brought tears to my eyes because i was like do you know the last time i heard the holy spirit clearly consistently and it was not uh, you need to come back it was not how far are you are you done mm. it was talk to this person it was put this out there it was read this it was say this it was do this it was pray this pray for this person ah when you encounter god your life transforms mm. and the truth is many times we we wait we think it's a, it's it has to take years fine you gradually grow in the fruit of the spirit yeah. you gradually grow but instant transformation is possible i am proof the way i threw out all my alcohol it's not even it was not even a maybe maybe not it's like cool cool man cool the way I packed up all my, I, I dashed my crystal to somebody, dashed all the salt. Someone came to my house, she's into these things. She saw them, kept looking at them. I said, You want all your take? Just take. You you shall still keep seeing my WhatsApp stories that are steady talking about Jesus, that are steady telling you that all these things is vanity, that I, I know for a fact, and that these things will put you in trouble, and I know for a fact, but that Jesus is safe. Jesus is very safe. one of the biggest i would end my talk about this second damascus journey by saying one of the biggest things this thing did for me was to teach me surrender Mm. all through my christian journey the first one and everything i had still remained at least in control of my life a bit like even when i listened to the holy spirit when it came to my own personal issues and life i am a i'm the the way i'm wired i like to know that a is here b is here i'm become a person that i keep something somewhere and you move it even if where i kept it is bad you want to be in control yes i've learned how to and now i've learned how to leave it where you kept it because it's good i've learned how to step back and say oh this is good but deep inside i'll still be itching that oh why didn't i see it why didn't i know to arrange it why did somebody else have to do it not just even for me when projects are in my hand i mean i went through school where they'll put me in the same group with people i'll do the whole assignment so meet everybody will get all the marks because i could not trust my other classmates to do these things when we say we are control freaks it's not that you actually the truth is when you're a control freak it's not that you actually want things to be done a certain way to be honest is that you do not trust people Mm. to not mess things up for you you feel like you're the only person and then you feel like you're you feel like you're the only person who can do things right and you feel like you're the only person who has the right to mess up your own life Mm. or to change your own plans and my second damascus journey has just been a it's been a story of surrender it's been a story of oh god you say i should say this okay you say I should move from that place. I'm not. I'm no longer even asking God. Before I used to ask God why, I like to always know why. Mm. 
these days you say i should not say this thing okay you say i should wear this okay you say i should do you say i should use this color okay you say i should take this thing to this person okay they, no questions asked it's just surrender because I realized that in the end it will make sense. Yeah. It's you trusting trusting God, really. Yes. It's just trust. I mean, when you are between one and three, when children are between one and three and you tell them to do something, most times they do it without yeah. the other age where they just trust their mommy or daddy. Mm. They know my mommy will not put me in trouble. My dad will not put they do it without questioning. It's when they've gotten disillusioned with life, when adults have disappointed them, that they now start wanting to ask why. Mm. And we are called to a childlike faith in God. Yes. A childlike trust in God. So ah God, you say I should not go outside there. Okay, I'm staying inside. I will later find out why. Even if I don't find out why, there's peace. It's not, it's not in my place to know why. It's yeah. God's business. I treat my life now like God's business. If your guy own business, your guy say me do something, do him. Your guy know why. Mm. And I treat the, my life, my whole world, every, every other person's life like God's business. So if God tells me, tell this person this thing, God is telling me to do work in his business. So I have to do it. He's my ogre. This is very, very powerful. I'm sure that this story, this story will bless someone out there. Maybe not someone, maybe people, maybe a lot of people actually. Cause, um, mm-hmm. I feel like our, our experiences might mm-hmm. be different, but mm-hmm. the root problem for everyone is the same. Mm-hmm. And, at the end of the day, it all boils down to we actually beholding Christ in in the uh, you know the magnificence, the splendor of His personality, and not what people are representing to us. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, it transforms us. True. It transforms us. <laughs> the Scripture says, "Looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith." When we look to Jesus, when we have an intimate encounter with God. It is in that place that we get transformed from the inside. It doesn't matter what this other Christian is representing to you, mm-hmm. because you have you are knowing God for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's it's beyond other people mm-hmm. now, and it even endears you to have a better relationship with people because you know it's not about them. Mm-hmm. It's about the one we are looking to, who is transforming us on the inside. And I just want to say to you, do that your story is very very powerful. And I know. The devil will try to silence you. The devil will try to silence you with guilt. The devil will try to silence you with shame, past shame. The devil will try to silence you with, I don't know, m- many other ways. But this testimony is powerful. And God is wielding this to change lives, to transform lives. There is, uh, we talked about the scripture yesterday in Revelations that says and they prevailed by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony Revelations 12 11 yeah Revelations 12 11 this is a mighty weapon that we must fight with mm-hmm. this same thing happened to Paul mm. you know when Paul encountered Christ on the road to Damascus and Paul couldn't keep quiet about it see Paul could not keep quiet about it Jesus is so sweet but Baba went full blast though mm. and imagine 
most of the Christians we have, in fact, we can we can say boldly that we have been greatly influenced by Paul's testimony. Ephesians, Thessalonians, Corinthians, Romans. Paul wandered around Europe as you know it's talking. 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 Europe and Asia talking. He could not keep quiet. He could not keep it to himself. And that is what's so great about our testimony now. And in doing so, we're shedding more light on the gospel of Jesus. And by so doing, we're also making grace available for ourselves as we grow in Christ. Yes. And I just want to encourage you that, man, this is just, this is just the beginning. Like God is taking you deeper. And I'm so sure that God wants to do tremendous things through you. And God is asking for more surrender because we cannot surrender enough, really. Mm -hmm. It will keep exposing some part of our lives that we need to let go, some part of our lives that we need to, you know, just tender, just leave it alone, you know, just walk away and just tell God, God, here I am. Chiwendi, thank you for this testimony. God bless you. This is going to be a long podcast, guys. that was amazing guys that was an amazing story i want to know how this has blessed you please do well to feedback um give me comments you know send a direct message let me know how this has blessed you i really want us to have a conversation about this and please feel free to reach out to me if you feel the need to share your story your transformation story um and also if you need somebody to pray with you and also you need somebody to talk to please reach out to me i'll be i'll be glad to um, have that moment with you thank you so much for listening god bless you and have a wonderful time yeah and don't forget, follow us on all of our social media platforms. AdversePod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Bless y'all. Peace out.